Hello folks, welcome back to the RLS podcast. We are on episode 50. It's the last episode of, I'm not even sure what series we're on now, we've had a few of them um, and we're going to be taking a little break after that. But to finish off on number 50, um, I've got one of my clients, one of my friends, um, a guy that's worked with me for the past year. Um, if you're from Forfar, you'll probably know who, who he is. Um, we've got Rory Crichton with us. Rory, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, yeah. Yeah, not bad at all, mate. Um, I think when I'm speaking to someone I obviously know really well, it's it's hard not to like pretend to be like an interviewer. And I'm actually would I try not to speak to you just like I would speak to you in the changing room. But um, yeah, it's always a strange one. But anyway, mate, for anyone that actually doesn't know who you are, like who are you? What do you do? How old are you? Um, yeah, all that kind of normal stuff. No worries. Um, obviously, Rory Crichton. Um. Um, been living in Forfar for around twenty years. I grew up um, in a place called Miniki, but then my dad uh, got a new job, so we moved to Forfar just before high school. Actually, uh, it was about six months into primary primary school before I got to the high school, so it was fine. Meeting friends was I found it quite easy back then, so it was it was actually okay um, going forward there. I'm thirty three now. I work in the motor industry as a panel beater. I've been doing that for on and off for about 13 years, I think now, 14 years. I'm not quite sure. Done maybe a couple of years offshore. Um, also worked as a lifeguard as well back in the day. So I've done a few different jobs, but and also recently, the last three and a half years, I opened up my own business on the side uh, vehicle wrapping and window tinting, which now is actually closing the doors because I'm moving down to Edinburgh um, with my girlfriend. We just bought a house down there. So things have changed. Um, the plan was always to go f- like fully self-employed, but different things happen and it is a lot harder than first thought actually taking that plunge. But it's fine. Um, it's been a big graft in the last... Uh, good few years but I'd say it's got to where I want it to be now and I'm going to crack on with the panel beating as well so yeah basically that's where I'm at at the moment. Yeah quality mate and I think I should probably add as well like I think I probably only know you like say for for about five years I think I've only known you for about five years anything past that all that stuff's like new uh, knowledge to me I actually didn't know you were you lived in Maniki. I didn't know you were a lifeguard before. I didn't know any of that stuff. So it's it's quite interesting. Um, yeah. The only times I, I probably first came across you downstairs in the Oz with yeah. like some of my mates when you played for Lawson and stuff like that. And I think I'd maybe been up to the current flat that I live in um, a couple of times um, on, on the odd occasion. But um, I also add that I bought Rory's flat off of him. So I'm actually in his old flat. Um, this wasn't an office before. I think this was a Scottish room possibly. <laughs> I was just, I think I was actually Gab Shepherds. <laughs> I was at Gab Shepherds, yeah, he's long gone. Um yeah, so the first thing I wanted to to ask you, and if anyone had seen my post, and it was kind of like a post about you, like almost probably about a year ago, there was a post I made and it was basically like 10 different photos from different periods of time where you'd been in like so many different shapes, done so many different training programs, different diets from probably the diet a lot of people from Forfar know it was that, I can't even remember the name of the guy, or I'm not going to out him right now, 
but there was a training program we all did probably back in around about 2015, 16, maybe even just before that, where it was like the strictest meal plan you've ever done in your life. Everyone got an incredible shape, but then probably had like, <laughs> probably more bad came from it than good in the long run. Um, so Mick, could you tell us about some of the diets, some of the training programs that you've done over the year? Because I know you've done a few. Yeah, so like I actually started going to the gym, the free weights down at the, the leisure centre where it was in the wee box room at the side. And everybody was scared to go in there because it was all these uh, big guys and just lifting, just literally just lifting heavy weights. And there was no other, there's no other way of putting it. Like there was no strength and conditionings in there. It was just lift as heavy as you can and see what we can build. So I actually went in there. It must have been maybe 21, 22, maybe, maybe 21 actually. And um, I, I still remember the very first day I went in, I was so nervous about entering that room um, and I went with a guy from the football um, from Lawson he was a lot older than me but we, we were just like we were on the Smith machine that was the very first exercise I remember doing uh, loading it up and see the next day I was in bits like I was in agony um, but from there onwards you, you start going often and it, it becomes second nature it's fine so there was like maybe four of us that used to go down all the time and then one of the guys, his um, uni mate, was actually, I don't think he was a personal trainer, but I think he he done a lot with, with the gym. Um, and he started making these plans and basically got filtered out to us um, for a very small amount of money. And it was like, follow the meal plan, follow the gym plan. It was five times a week. It was like chest and thighs, shoulders and thighs, legs and calves, I think, or hamstrings. Uh, deadlifts as well was was in there, and do you know what? I actually enjoyed the the gym side of it, but the the eating and the meal plan was crazy. Like I think we were on maybe two thousand four hundred, two thousand six hundred at the start, and it was so strict. We're at a point where I didn't have a clue what he was asking me to put in my body. Like I I honestly didn't have a clue. Supplements were taken before bed and all this stuff and I was just like right well we're just going to do this for 12 weeks and the plan was we're going to 12 weeks and we had tea in the park basically the day I finished was tea in the park and I thought I'm going to be in some shape to let's say take this is like take my top off and show what I've, what we've actually done in the last 12 weeks so it, it, it consisted of like I think the every four weeks we'd done like a carb day where you could it was just basically eat as much carbs, but it was, it was controlled. It was like um, a full bag of pasta, fresh pasta with tomato, with tomato uh, chopped tomatoes in it. And then the biggest bowl of cereal you could ever think of. Then a bag of Harry bows. And like, we were all like, yeah, this is brilliant because you were strict the four weeks and you got to this Sunday and you were just getting to gorge. Yeah. So it got to like, I think six weeks out and you literally took away basically all carbs where we were shredding, which is a term which is horrendous to use, but um, it's just what we, we thought back then was normal. And in that time, I think I drank three times. So for me, that was that was quite tough because I was out all um, like every weekend. But And then I think I had one pizza from Dino's one of the nights, and I was like, see, the next day I felt so badly. I was like, why did I do that? Didn't need it. But anyway, we'd done it. 
we got to tea in the park. We got the photos done previous, uh, like prior to going to tea in the park, and I literally finished my last meal, and I couldn't stop eating that full Thursday at tea in the park. Like I was starving, smashing the drink and smashing the food in, and my stomach was agony. Like yes. I couldn't even myself. And I think you know what I mean. Like by when I say stuff like that, it's just it's horrible. So anyway, we got to that stage, and then. We, we moved on from there. Um, and the other plans I kind of done has been a Balkan one. I think you've seen one of the photos where I was like the biggest I, I, I probably have been. I think I was close to about 95 kilograms, I think. Now, for me, that's 20 kilograms over what I am now, which is <laughs> crazy to think. Um, <laughs> and it was German volume training, the, the training program. So it was only four exercises a session. Two, two of the set, two of the uh, exercises. Sorry, were ten times ten, and then the next one were five times five. But it was a superset, so you were doing ten anyway, basically. Um, and that was repeated four times a week, and I didn't do much football. I did do a wee bit of football in there, but it was only one training session plus one game, so it was amateur level. So running was a nightmare. I was I was literally towing a caravan every single session, out of breath, horrible, hated it, but. The size I got was like, like, I'm looking actually not too bad because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. I was more on what I actually looked like rather than what I I should have been doing. Do you know what I mean? So what did I go from there? And I've done, I, I literally have always focused on what my body looks like and the numbers in the gym. Like I've never, ever done performance-based um, fitness, which yeah. is basically where you came along. And we looked at, what was more important to me, which was football and getting that fitness level back up. And you, I'd been following you for a while in terms of your content and you always focused on the, the performance side, not like what you should, what you think you should look like in the gym with a six pack and all that, that nonsense. But I mean, to me, to me, that's what it feels like. Um, yeah. I don't know that you could get in that shape if you wanted to, but there's more to it than, than yeah. that. That's kind of where I'm, I was at with all the, the, fitness side of things like it was always what you looked like and try and get that body fat off as much as you could and the the ab lighting and all that kind of stuff it was uh yeah. it wasn't good for your head because as soon as you put that body fat back on you felt like oh i'm going backwards when really you were probably just looking normal rather than yeah. than uh lean type thing yeah no I, the thing that i basically took away from all of that and before i even had you come into the program I just thought to myself like every single program you've been given you could be given the worst program in the world or the best program in the world but if you're given the tools there's a 100% chance you're going to just carry it out they're just going to do the work that's put out in front of you I think that's kind of something that you've obviously done since I've known you and from kind of the training programs that you've done in the past I know yeah. that you were just going to you were just going to implement and that's probably one of your like main strengths I would say yeah I think like it's funny because I always fell back into maybe a bad routine after doing these programs because really it, all I was wanting was that kind of image. And when you don't have that, you just fall back into it and you're like, oh shit, right, I need to go back into another program because it's something new in that. But I think with the program that I've been on with you, like this is the longest time I've ever been consistent in, in my head. Um, it might look different on the outside, but... I know that I'm in a well better headspace than I have ever been previous to whatever 
programme I've been put on. And I know that I do put the graft in with previous um, programmes, but it just feels more natural and, and I enjoy it better this way because I'm not worrying about what I look like in terms of that way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I think if you go, instead of putting like aesthetics and body image here and then performance and then fitness down here, like if you flip it on its head and then you put performance um, and all that kind of stuff before, the aesthetic thing kind of, it happens anyway and you end yeah. up probably looking pretty good, looking pretty lean, looking pretty strong, um, but that's not your main focus. So if you do put on a little bit of body weight after like, a weekend away or something you're not like oh for fuck's sake like you just get back in the gym and you go and try and lift again and you go back to football training and it's just like you tackle it again it's not like you need to take a week to pull that body fat off again it's very much easy to get back back on the kind of back on the saddle and get going yeah absolutely you just need to reset yourself on the monday and then just go again it's, it's not a big deal do you know what i mean yeah no for sure um so i think you kind of answered the question as to why you signed up like you signed up because it was it wasn't aesthetic based, it was performance based. And we could kind of go in line with what your current goals were at that point. And your current yeah. goals at that point, when you first came on, I think I'm going to remember right. There may have been an initial different idea, but I think it was more or less we were going to get the training for the marathon started quite near the start, I think. Um, and we we're going to train for the Edinburgh Marathon. So that was your initial goal, wasn't it? Yes, but just it was. Um... When I first signed up, it was October, start of October, and it was just take the tiny bit of body fat off at the start, and we it was actually into football. It was um, it was performance based towards football and in the gym because I'd never done really exercises that helped that. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? I, I I never I never been in that environment of where you done um, the kind of sorry the kind of exercise you gave me were to be aimed towards your performance. I would, I'd never had that before. So that's where we, we were at. And it very quickly turned around where I'd done the, the 30 days and 30 runs in November. I, I kind of said to you, I, I want to do this for raising money for men's mental health. And as soon as I'd done that, I was like, right, we're going to, I signed up for the marathon. And that's where we kind of put that um, main focus towards was the marathon, yeah. Um, and obviously with the training for the marathon, it was going pretty well. <laughs> there was a few um, ridiculous times in training. You obviously broke 40 minutes with a 10K without even meaning it. Um, I know before there was a few pretty crazy 5K times. And I think, if I remember right, we probably worked all the way up until... What were we hitting? Like, What was the highest distance we'd run before the injury? That was 26. 26, yeah. So you'd built up to pretty high volume and was looking pretty good for the... For the Edinburgh Marathon, but picked up a little injury uh, that kind of slowed it down. Can you remind me what the actual injury was? Yeah, so it was it was my Achilles that there was a slight stretch in my Achilles, um, just at the very back, and we actually we we I think it was in it would have been April it happened, and we took two weeks off to try and recover, and then we went back to it, and it was I think I'd done a. I done a ten k and it was it was fine and then I went into the I went into another one I think it was only five k and then it just it flared up again and I went back to the physio um, and at this point we were heading into May and we thought I just, we both said I don't I don't think this is gonna I can't I think you were basically aiming towards me like right we could maybe get you through this but I just don't think you wanted to tell me that it was a it was a no go and yeah. I think I just said right I said Ryan I'm just going off to 
pull this pull, pull out of this. And I I was absolutely gutted because we'd done five months of decent decent training. Um, yeah. And as you say, like I, I managed to get a a personal best on the the ten k without even meaning it on a Monday Monday evening. Uh, yeah. Back to back, so it was a ten k and a thirteen k. So the training was going amazing, and I was we were aiming for a, a decent time. But I mean, injuries happen, and you just you kind of you can't you can't get away from it if it happens. So yeah, just... kind of like that, like sunk cost fallacy. Like you put so much into one thing, and then if you can't actually fulfill that thing, you're like, oh fuck, I need to do it anyway. But you're probably going to get it's probably going to be more negative come out of that actually finishing that one day of that marathon than there was actually just stopping it because like obviously you'd put so much work into it I'd put a lot of work into it but I think you've obviously got to take the positives out of it you had a few PBs you built up an incredible aerobic base you challenged yourself on a weekly basis for so long and I personally learned quite a lot through coaching you through it as well so you take the positives from that and then um, you didn't really I wouldn't say you kind of stood in it for very long you kind of were just like right fuck it what's next yeah. So, got back into football. Yeah. So, like, yeah, we basically just said, right, what's next? So, I was carrying like an MCL tier two, but the weird thing is, we it literally never stopped me from running at all. Obviously, just with the straight lines, and there was no flaring up or any issues whatsoever. So, we basically just said, right, I want to get back into football. That was the plan anyway after the marathon. Um, so we decided, right, we're just going to go into rehab for two and a half months because we had. Pre-season was basically starting in June, I think, and then the season was 23rd of July, if I remember. Uh, it was like two weeks previous from the last year, um, but it was fine. So we've done two and a half months of rehab on the knee, and we got back into it. Um, I've not had any issues with my knee whatsoever, touch wood, and that's uh, a big thing because I was out for, what, seven months again, I think, with the, with the MCL. It happened in December, just at the very start of December, right up until... Well, July, I so maybe six, six and a bit months, seven months. Um, but yeah. we just we just went, um back into the gym as well. So it's actually it actually turned out all right as much as I wanted to run the marathon. But that'll come and go. We, we can do another one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it was like obviously when you're going from a very much like running in a straight direction type sport, like what that road running is. You now need to transition into football and you'll know how it feels if anyone's ever like done a long period of running and then they go to try and run on a football pitch it fucking hurts and it just sometimes just doesn't work and then especially with your like medial collateral uh, ligament that's obviously like one that's very much affected by moving sideways so we have to get you comfortable with bounding moving left and right changing direction and that was it was quite a process but I think it's a process that not a lot of people go through and they just think they can jump back on football pitch and hope for the best. And like, especially on AstroTurf, like your, your legs are not going to thank you for it. Um, and there's a much higher chance of injury if you don't go through the, through the whole kind of strength and conditioning process to, to fix that. Yeah. I think cause I'd done it previous, maybe what, four years ago or something. I'd done it and I was out for nine months and I, I came, I actually came back too quick. And I, I kicked the ball and it just it went again. So I think I was out even just as long. It was it was it was horrible. But as you say, you've just got to be patient with it with the side movements, put the sessions in, go down there on your own and just do you know what I mean? Do the do the hour work and then come away from it and then do it again, just keep repeating and then you get comfortable with the ball again. That was that was the hardest part of getting comfortable with going back into contact training. But I was really nervous about what the outcome was because I thought I've missed out on a marathon 
am I going to miss out on this whole season of football where I, this is all I know is football? I mean, I can do little bits and bobs, but football's literally everything. And yeah. it was, I was nervous, but touch with it, it's, it's been absolutely fine. Yeah, I know. I must admit, like every time a message come through on like a Saturday night from you, like when I wasn't playing, I was like, oh fuck, it's going to be fucking injury, but it never was. Thankfully, it never was. Um, I think we, I think we did all the right things and yeah. did all the right sessions and the right keep and the right rehab. Um, yeah. So, mate, in terms of like your mindset, and it's a lot of people like even some of my clients will like message me when you were doing like the the runs every day for thirty days when you're like. Getting in, getting in at 3 a.m. and still going up a fucking mountain the next day. Um, obviously, we did the three peaks challenge as well. A lot of people kind of don't understand, like, first of all, don't understand why people would even think about doing that. Um, but two, they just don't understand the mindset of, like, you get, you're getting up at 5 a.m. every day for work and then you're doing your own job after. It's like, how, how does that come to be? Is that something that you think you've always had or is it something that you've worked on? Um, I think, I think growing up with, my mum and dad were very, very hard workers. And I think being around in that environment, excuse me, um, it, it helped a lot. And I had a job basically from a full-time job from the age of like 16, right right up until right now, obviously. Um, and even at school, we were doing summer jobs. Every summer, we would go to the, the trees and the tatties and everything, the picking the strawberries and stuff. So I think growing up, being in that environment where... You're not going to get money off your parents. So if you want to put the graft in, you've got to go do it and you've got to earn what you get given in life. Do you know what I mean? You can't, it's not just going to be handed to you. That's what I've been growing up with. So I believe if you want something and you work hard enough to get it, you, you want it as hard as hard as you do, then you, you're going to get it. Do you know what I mean? And if that's going to the gym and hitting a PB or if that's going and doing the 30 runs, you've just got to go do what's what's needed to get it, to get over the line. And I think like I like to do the charity work as well because you've got something that means something to you rather than like just copping out and saying, oh, I'm just going to miss this session. I remember when we were doing that 30 days and I actually got a mental like sinus infection. And like I remember Lauren was at the flat and she was like, why are you going out and running at nighttime when you're feeling like shit? And I'm like, well, because I've got, I've, I, <laughs> I need to do this. This is what I need to do. And no matter how shit I felt, it was just it was just going to happen. So I think I've always had it in me to just prove that whatever I start, it needs to be finished. Um, and if that's work or business or anything like that, that that's just the way I've kind of programmed my mind. And I think over the last year and a bit, it's got even stronger, to be honest, with the, with the programme. I'm now in a place where I feel comfortable doing the shit stuff rather than just taking the easy option. Like, before, I would just be like, right, I'll just take this week off and we'll go back to the gym after. Even though I enjoy the gym, I now feel that I need to go as well for my head. If I don't do something, I I, I literally get anxious about sitting about and and feeling like the, there's stuff to be, to, to be done. Even when sometimes there isn't, like, you should just sit down for, like, an hour on and just chill. But um, I think you as well as like you you speak about it a lot where probably Ellie's like, oh why why do you need to work out or why do you need to do this? Or like Lauren used to say this to me all the time, like, oh you, you shouldn't um you don't need to be doing that all the time. But I'm like, one, I enjoy it. Two, it actually helps my my head. And if I don't do it, I'm not gonna be great around. And yeah. I think people speak about that as well. If you're 
if you're not doing the stuff you enjoy, you're going to be a bit of a, maybe a dick or yeah. grumpy or anything like that towards other people. And you're not even meaning it. You, it's just, it just kind of comes out, but that's where it's at. So I think I've got more control over my head now in terms of working out and when and what needs to be done. And that's just the way it is now. So hopefully I can keep going forward. And I think now obviously we're way moved. So I'm going to be focusing on that. I've got someone else to focus on. Um, as with the house and and all that kind of stuff, new job and all that. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of where it comes from. Yeah, no, I mean it's a cracking answer. Um, I think as I've said to you before, like me and you're possibly like have the same mindset in that sense where we are a little bit restless, but with that like restlessness and with that kind of almost like annoying kind of can't sit still type thing for other people, like people can obviously learn from that and people can take motivation from that. But I suppose we can also take motivation from people that are able to chill out a little bit more. So I sometimes see people like sit at home at night, it's like half five and they're kind of sat down for the night. And I'm like, fuck, I wish I could do that sometimes, but I just can't. Like there has to be something going on um, and I don't think that'll ever change. I don't really want it to ever change. Um, and yeah, mate, I think like moving forward, I'm sure there'll, there'll be like another three peaks type thing for you or there'll be like another kind of charity thing I think that's just like I mean what I was thinking about the other day as well is like people that do like really inspiring things so people might have seen us do the three peaks and thought that's really inspiring I want to do something like that and then we possibly see for example the guy that I was speaking to a couple of podcasts to go do 10 Ironmans back to back and think fucking hell like there's always someone else to be inspired from so There's there's like levels to it. Someone will be inspired by us. We'll be inspired by someone else. So it's it's a it's a good effect to have. It's a good thing to to show people. Um, so kind of like the last question. What yep. do you reckon? I suppose we've answered this a few times over the over the actual duration of the podcast so far. But what do you reckon you've you've gained? Like, what are the main things you've gained from the podcast? Uh, from the podcast, you've gained a few things maybe, but um, from the coaching program as a whole. Yeah, I think I think I've gained a lot of uh, knowledge in what's right and works for me. In terms of like my training, I don't have to be going hell for leather on lifting the biggest weights ever. It's kind of out the window now. I think the knowledge on food, I've I feel like I've nailed that quite well, and what I can put in my body and what kind of calories work up and down different training so just like you add x amount of protein or carbs or uh, calories if you're going for a massive run etc football recovery of football's been 10 times better than what i've ever had before i genuinely wish i'd had this knowledge not when i'm uh, 33 years old do you know what i mean or i wish i had it when i was like 21 i, I would have been flying do you know what i mean <laughs> but now nah, yeah um I kind of, I kind of take that, and I think um, I, I'm inspired by certain things that, like you do yourself, like you're always constantly going outside your comfort zone. Like I would have never have done this podcast ever before, but I was like, "Fuck it, let's just do it." Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's only speaking me and you at the end of the day. If people find it decent then they, they do but if they don't then that's up to themselves not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lose sleep over it but um so this kind of stuff as as well and also i want to like later on i want to like do more challenges I, i've never really done these sort of challenges yeah i've done the three peaks as well and i've done the 30 days 
Um, I wanted to do a charity boxing match as well, but that never ever came up in the the year plan. So I'll be looking to do that as well in different stuff. So once football, I think, is completely done, I'm going to look at different things I want to push my body towards and, and, just, and just keep busy that way. So I think that's where I've, what I've took, sorry, from the, the programme. Yeah, and mate, I think that obviously answers the question of what's next. You're obviously moving down to Edinburgh and starting a new life down there, which I'm assuming will be, be quite strange for you because you've obviously lived in Forth for quite a, quite a long time and been around like everyone here. And obviously our football team is now has a gaping hole right back, um, unfortunately. Mind you, we do have Guy coming back, so let's give him a bit of credit. Um, so, yeah, mate, it'll be sad, quite sad to see you go. Um, obviously... Didn't know you too well before the programme, but now obviously you're a good mate and uh, you've been one of the, without getting soppy, like one of the, like, I don't like to call people like grade A or top performers, but in terms of like the metrics, the ticking off the sessions, the um, just getting shit done and the things that you've achieved over the past year, it's been pretty monumental. Um, and there's also quite a little interesting video coming out at the start of next year that will kind of, you, you'll be involved in. Um as a little promo for the for the program, so mate, thanks um, and class to have you on the podcast. I think that went pretty good. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. Thank you very much, mate. Right, sound, mate. Um, I will catch you in a bit, mate. Yeah, catch you in a bit.